Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle, and you're listening to The Spooky Hour. (laughs) What the fuck, America? Yeah, literally, we don't even have a polite opening this week. (laughs) Uh, We haven't said anything on the socials, uh, mostly because I'm, I'm flabbergasted. I can't even right now. There's like just um, absolutely no fucking words. I mean, it's uh, and we thought this year was going to be better. <laughs> America's here to prove us wrong. <laughs> Everyone keeps calling it uh, December thirty seventh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I agree with that. But seriously, guys, first of all, we just want to say for you guys, we know you're good people, so we just want to say that we're sorry that that happened. Yeah, uh, that was I, I. Kevin particular messaged me saying he was just like really upset about it because it's. They basically shit on America by doing that. Yeah, Like, on their law, on their constitution or whatever the fuck. They just shit on it by doing that. So a lot of people are rightfully upset by that. So we just want to say we're sorry. Um, We will be your Canadian support people the best we can. Yes. Um, And now we're going to yell a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little. Um, So what we were just talking about beforehand is that we don't particularly enjoy that people died. Uh, I don't think anyone deserves to die in a violent manner like that but i'm gonna remind everybody that miss brianna taylor was sleeping in her bed yep when she was shot and killed um i don't believe in an eye for an eye but i th- i hope at least that this will serve as like a lesson perhaps to people to see the injustice the levels of injustice in this world <laughs> I, honestly there's absolutely no words like i just can't understand that these people exist and it's terrifying that these people exist it's terrifying and it's it's really hard like you know there's good people in the world you know there is good in the world but when the bad is that loud yeah and like that aggressive it's really hard to deal with i had to turn off twitter for the night uh danielle deleted the whole thing entirely yeah she was smart (laughs) fuck that um but yeah, what a fucking mess. And so here's the thing. I don't believe that there is such thing as a good Trump supporter, because if you support Trump, you're supporting terrible things. But it's pretty sad when Trump supporters are condemning these people. Like yeah. that fucking Tommy Loren or whatever had to put out a thing calling them all thugs and all that stuff. And I was actually quite surprised that she did that. <laughs> but like, how sad is that? Like, you're that shitty of a person. I just have no words. I'm sorry. I'm just... Danielle's just like sitting here shaking her head in anger okay one more rant from me because uh, I don't know if anybody knows this I think I've talked about it my mom's Jewish not super into my faith but I saw a picture of a man wearing a yarmulke marching alongside a bunch of Nazis with Nazi tattoos holding the confederate flag and I was just like fuck that asshole in particular that one right there deserves the greatest fuck you because like how I just Maybe it's like uh, he maybe he thought it was a joke and he's not actually Jewish. <laughs> it's possible. They did just, identify him. I don't want to say his name just in case we get in shit. But uh, someone on Twitter found him and there's like multiple pictures of him in a yarmulke. Oh, okay. uh, he's got he's got like a very uh, Jewish sounding last name. Like he's from oh. New York, first of all. <laughs> see, I didn't even see this picture because I haven't been on social media. In a it was very taken long time. down. I went to go find it because I was on a rant on Twitter this morning and I couldn't find it um so it was taken down but i like i saw his name and everything and like how are you gonna march with literal nazis is your mother not the most disappointed in you is your bubby not shaking her head right now seriously (laughs) it's just i like it's just the fact that the president of the united states (laughs) she did air quotes just for the record just for the (laughs) like 
started all of this and started this before that. Like this, this was this, what happened at Capitol Hill was just the very like shit storm of what was happening weeks and weeks and weeks prior to all of this. Years, four years. And it's just like, people are just so surprised that happened. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. These people accused like peaceful protesters for the Black Lives Matter movement and accused them of being these horrible, horrible people that disagree with cops and all this complete and utter bullshit and then go and fucking storm a government fucking building and then get a, surprised a killed yeah and get surprised when they get fucking shot at or yeah. like barely even get shot at one got shot at and that's about it and it's just like <laughs> what Blue lives matter until we storm the capitol building yeah it's like <laughs> and they, they they're just so backwards on what they fucking believe and they just go they're just like, oh, Trump said this, so I'm going to go and do that. Like, I'm sorry. Okay, everyone, Trump told you to jump off a cliff, so how about you do all of us a fucking favor? <laughs> Bye. See ya. <laughs> um, the only reason I was surprised is that I was surprised that they were uh, that orchestrated and that put together enough to, you know, that I thought that their intelligence level was was not that high. That's the only reason I was surprised. I was surprised they yeah. made it in there. Yeah. Well, I mean they're all white so they just kind of let them in fair fair i actually yeah there, i saw a lot of videos of and so always to play devil's advocate people are saying it's a safety concern because people could get crushed by the barricades etc cetera, etc cetera, but they were opening barricades and letting people through whether or not that's crowd control mm-hmm. but i'm just saying why are you rushing the barricades anyways so yeah seriously i don't know it's been it's been hard to look at i guess just you know, I, I didn't expect 2021 to be great. I didn't expect rainbows and unicorns, but I also didn't expect this in the first week, you know? Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I was like, maybe we'll all be quiet for a little while. I mean, I, I it was definitely coming. Something was coming. You knew it was. And I thought was they were going to just... wait till inauguration, at least. Give me a few days, you guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Give us a couple weeks just to, like, fucking get prepared. Prepare, yeah. But not every- are they doing like an actual like inauguration with like a crowd and everything, or are they doing like no a weird idea. social distance thing? I, I honestly no feel like they should just fucking live stream it from his bedroom or something at this point. For his I just safety. know Trump like- isn't going. Apparently, Trump isn't going. Shit, and I'm, I'm like, not inviting good. him. Yeah, you're no longer invited. <laughs> we don't want you here. He doesn't even go, go here. here. <laughs> so uh, uh, I I don't know. I feel better now. I are you, just are you good? I'm never good. Like. Uh, <laughs> i never i'm not it makes me so oh mad. it's fucking true it's fucking true i just hate we are never good <laughs> it is and i just hate when i get this mad about something because i can never form like the right words besides that's the hardest part like it's... what can you say that's that's gonna mean anything in the long run or like but, i don't do know anything? like yeah obviously like having a voice and stuff does a thing like in in, a, in the right direction but like what is like this little Canadian girl gonna do? I mean, like we never, I think though, we never wanted sorry, to go. go in, we never wanted to go into politics or like talk about politics yeah. on this podcast. I hate politics, fuck. But like, <laughs> guys, it's just so so important right now. And I think, um, I think that like even on a personal level, if you yourself are living a good life, doing good things, you influence those around you. Exactly. So you're not doing nothing. Don't think you're doing nothing. No. You know, when I see you post something, you know, political on Instagram, I think, you know what? I'm going to post something too because 
you know, you give me the confidence to do that. So you are like, you know, you might not be changing the world, but you're changing people around you. So don't think you're doing nothing. No, I don't think I'm doing nothing. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying that I think that some people might be like, well, they're Canadians. So why should their opinion it's matter? It's true. That kind but of But we're thing. also human. And I think that's, yeah. Yeah. We're all human and we care about people. Yeah. And we care about good people who are upset right now, you know? And rightfully so rightfully so mm-hmm. so yeah we're totally 100 percent with you guys right now um if you ever want to just vent our dms are always open uh i could send danielle in there if you're looking for like a real good rage fueled vent yeah <laughs> um just let me know just <laughs> she'll be my backup <laughs> just let me know you guys i am there i'm just kind of i one day i posted like what was it like five or six things about the whole fucking bullshit that happened yeah. on capitol hill and holly messaged me and she's like you know it's really bad when you post six things on social media in one day <laughs> <laughs> it's so true <laughs> But good for you, using it for good yeah. and, and power and all that stuff. Um, I always sound like a sarcastic asshole when I say those things, but I do mean it. Good for you. Um, <laughs> this world is a shithole. This world is a shithole, but we hope that we make it a little less shitty because you make it a little less shitty for us. Yeah, thanks. And with that, murder? <laughs> yeah, let's just go right into it, guys. <laughs> I know, it's so hard. We're like trying to comfort you guys and our whole podcast is about murder and ghosts, but... I, I feel by now these guys are weird enough that this comforts them probably yeah i think so too i mean that's why you guys are here right so i hope so um so yeah fuck trump uh this second that. Week's... I second that. <laughs> uh so this week's case gave me a whole bunch of feelings and definitely not in a good way um it made me angry it made me mad it made me sad and it, it actually made me quite nauseous at one point um so today's case features the only woman currently sitting on death row in america lisa montgomery her execution is set for january 12th which if you're listening to this on monday that's tomorrow oh and so she'll this be- year yep oh wow. uh, so like next week for us but tomorrow for you guys <laughs> <laughs> we're time traveling wizards um so she will be the first woman executed in 70 years in america Holy crap. Um, So I'm going to give you a little bit on her background before I get to the crime, because I think it's important in this case. Lisa Montgomery was born on February 27th, 1968 in Kansas. Her parents, Judy and John, were raging alcoholics. Um, Judy was so bad that she actually drank throughout her entire pregnancy with Lisa. So we're already off to a great start. Um, Did she she end up being born with um, fetal alcohol syndrome? Um, I she does have mental illnesses and stuff i get into that a little bit here but they didn't go into like like developmentally if anything was wrong okay. with her okay. but um i believe she was diagnosed with like a bipolar disorder okay. um she is she's like a little bit behind if that makes sense okay. I'll, I'll explain later it makes sense later okay (laughs) um so judy was horrifically abusive to lisa and her older stepsister diane uh while they were children so diane came from judy's husband's first marriage okay um her stepsister shared horrific counts of the abuse they endured and while the physical the physical and while the physical abuse seems like it would be the worst part she says it's the emotional abuse that left a lingering scar so this is an interview with diane she said quote she had this ability to find what hurt you the most and use it against you uh one of the examples she gave diane had severe abandonment issues after her birth mother up and left her and her father so judy would often strip diane naked and literally throw her out of the house saying things like your mother abandoned and you so now i am don't come back i bought you everything you can't take everything anything with you um so obviously very super positive reinforcement for a child 
Um, what a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. John, who was the father of both of the girls, worked away from home for long periods of time. So while he wasn't home for the abuse and didn't take part of it, he was well aware of it and often said that he regretted not stepping in sooner. Um, well, why the fuck do I don't you feel not? sorry for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, While he was away, Judy would have all sorts of random men over. Diane recalled several fights that would break out between her stepmom and these men, and she claimed she would try to break the fights up and would often get injured in the process. Um, Their mother also began leaving them alone with a male babysitter who started assaulting Diane when she was only eight years old. Uh, The girls shared a bed, so Lisa was almost always present during these assaults, and at the time, she was only four. Holy shit. So he didn't assault her, but she was there while it was taking place. And that obviously is traumatic as well. Um, I'm not sure who found out and called the authorities, but I have a feeling it was their father, John. Uh, He and Judy separated around the time these assaults started. And shortly afterwards, Diane was removed from their home by protective services. Um, She has said in interviews that this moment undoubtedly saved her life. Uh, This quote is directly from Huffington Post, and it's incredibly heartbreaking. So... um, this is diane again quote when they came to take me i thought they were coming to take all of us i thought they knew what was going on uh she goes on to say as she uh as the car drove away from the house she started to vomit uh she says quote i was thinking she's still back here and they're taking me away from her and she was referring to lisa there so even at eight years old she knew the situation was so bad that it caused her to be physically ill when they took her out of the home that's absolutely heartbreaking very sad um so good good news in this story is that uh diane went on to have a wonderful happy ending she was adopted by a loving family uh she even said that they taught her about like self-worth and like uh self-love and all of that stuff so diane's story ended really well lisa however is on the spooky hour um so we know how that went <laughs> yeah <laughs> a few years after diane was removed from the home when lisa was in kindergarten her mother remarried a man named jack kleiner Uh, The couple had three children, like, back to back to back, right in a row. Irish triplets, I guess. Um, (laughs) Jack was known to be a violent man who beat his kids and his wife regularly. Uh, His physical abuse of the children always had, like, weird sexual undertones. For example, he would strip the girls naked and whip them. Um, Warning, this next section is graphic. Uh, Okay, I'm going to leave. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. When Lisa was in her early teens, Jack moved the family to an isolated trailer at a dead-end road outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, He built a shed on the property, and he began bringing Lisa to this shed to sexually assault her. As if that wasn't horrific enough, Jack would often have uh, handymen use Lisa as payment for work around the trailer. So if they fixed his plumbing, they would then go rape Lisa in the shed as payment. That's fucking disgusting. Instead of of money. Um. Oftentimes, there would be three or more men in the shed at the same time with her. Um, I don't want to go into details, but she she did put out statements about this, and it's it's quite graphic. Um, she went through a lot. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Lisa confided in her cousin, who was a fucking deputy sheriff, that uh, she was being raped by Jack and the other men and gave graphic details. Uh, he said in a uh, a sworn statement, quote, she said it was over and over, one man right after the other, and went on for hours. They were also physically violent. They would beat her and slap her if she was doing it wrong. When they were done, they urinated on her like she was trash. Uh, she also confided in one of her stepbrothers and told him she would, quote, go away and dissociate in order to black out the abuse. Um, Lisa begged them not to tell anyone, fearing that Jack would kill her if he found out. So her deputy sheriff cousin said nothing i was gonna say i'm sorry pardon you 
her deputy sheriff cousin, who could have just arrested him, said nothing. Or at least got her out of the fucking home. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a lot of that in this case. Um, I didn't look too far into it, but apparently there was, like, instances at school where she gave, like, very obvious signs of abuse. And the teachers just were, like, they just wrote notes about it but never followed up kind of thing. Um, she's one of the people that slipped through the cracks a little bit. Can all um, these people be blamed? Because I think yes, I think it's pretty absolutely. fair that they should all be fucking blamed. Absolutely. I always think that like in these in these cases where abuse leads to a crime, that the the abusers should have some sort of punishment for their contribution. I would think so because you mentally fucked up that child. Exactly. Exactly. And there's I I'm actually going to talk about it a little bit later. Like there's physiological changes that happen within the body when you grow up with abuse like that. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know. That's just my opinion. <laughs> when Lisa was 15, Judy and Jack also got a divorce. Uh, during the proceedings, Judy forced Lisa to give a statement about the rapes in order to gain favor in the case. Uh, Judy was such an obvious monster that the judge rep- reprimanded her for lacking empathy during her daughter's testimony. Taking the stand didn't go any better for her either. Uh, Judy admitted to the court that she had walked in on her husband raping Lisa and did nothing about it. Um I was torn as to whether or not I wanted to include this quote because it is quite graphic. Um, so I just wanted to show just how heartless this mother was. So when they asked for details about the abuse and the rape, she says, quote, I don't know. He was in her. He was pumping her. Um, so okay. the rape was never reported and charges were never brought up even after this confession. So Jack walked away without even a slap on the wrist. That makes me so <laughs> fucking mad. <laughs> yeah. It's very upsetting. Um, So the court did appoint a therapist to Lisa to whom she confessed that her mother told her that the rapes were all of her fault. Oh, okay. Uh, Great. Yeah. Lisa only had, like, I think two therapy sessions and then she gave up fairly quickly. Um, So she ended up marrying her stepbrother when she was 18 years old and gave birth to four children in less than five years before having a sterilization procedure done. Uh, her husband, who, funny enough, his name is Carl, <laughs> was also a complete monster. He would often beat and rape Lisa and would torture her in ways I'd rather not speak about. There are details online. Um, they later divorced, and he ended up getting arrested for sexually abusing a child. Um, she did remarry another man named Kevin, who was actually really wonderful and stood by her throughout her trial. Um, so, yeah, backtracking again. According but to her family... It's, it's just absolutely crazy how, like... Lisa went through all of this shit growing up, but then ended up marrying somebody who was just like every man nice. that she encountered. No, just oh, before yeah, Kevin. It's, yeah. it's actually really, really common because they don't know anything else, right? Exactly. Like that's, 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 that's love to them. That's comfort to them, you know? Like, they think that's normal. Exactly. Exactly. It's fucked up. Um, so, according to her family, her mental health declined rapidly after her sterilization procedure. Uh, she got into multiple... Uh, Wow. She got into multiple car accidents, struggled to keep a job. She was moving constantly from house to trailer to house to trailer. She was drinking heavily. Um, She started engaging in sex work, which in itself is not inherently bad, but it was out of character for her. Um, And she ended up like neglecting her children a bunch. So she would leave them alone for hours on end. She wouldn't bathe them. There was reports of them being like smelly and having lice and stuff. Okay. Um, she was often spaced out and appeared disconnected from reality, like she was walking around in a trance. Her children came up with a nickname to pull her out of her trances, so when she was zoned out, they would call her Martha instead of Mom to get her attention. Really? Um, yeah, really weird. Uh, when she wasn't in her trance state... Wow. 
Transylvania. When she wasn't. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I started saying. <laughs> when she wasn't in her trance state, she was the exact opposite. Uh, her daughter explained that Lisa would revert back to like a little girl. For some reason, this would always happen in public, uh, which would embarrass the children. She would start like skipping and singing and twirling and stuff. And she would talk in like a like a baby voice kind of. Um, so she was also prone to making up scenarios in her state of delusion. Her most common delusion was that she was pregnant despite having this, uh, like the surgery that made that impossible. So in uh, a short amount of time, she announced five fake pregnancies. Jeez. And everyone in her family knew she could not get pregnant, but she would like do like the whole spiel. Um, and like, I feel like that's a very big sign that someone, that she needs help. <laughs> yeah it's a big sign but unfortunately this was in america where there's no free health care and all of that fair fun stuff fair <laughs> so uh this huffington post article i read features a clinical psychologist who specializes in survivors of torture her name is dr Catherine porterfield uh, she does a great job of explaining what was going on with lisa after the years of abuse she explains that uh when children grow up in a chronic state of fear and terror their brains adapt to grow in this weird like or sorry, their brains adapt to survive in like a weird primal mode. So they have no understanding of right versus wrong. They just know do this to survive. Yeah. Um, in response to traumatic events, children may disassoci- dissociate from their feelings and their bodies to protect themselves. So how she said she would zone out when the abuse was occurring. Um, if they disconnect themselves uh, as often as Lisa did, it can become a permanent state. So they grow into adults who are essentially just like shells okay so Which that's what happened sense. in lisa's state she quite literally vacated her body because of the years of abuse um this is a direct quote from uh, Dr. Porterfield. Quote, that is exactly what Lisa Montgomery developed into, which is a person who had a profound disconnection from her body, her mind, and her experience. Those were disconnect or yeah, those were disconnections that were tragic in their consequences, but they were what we come to understand as neuropsych oh my god, this word is so hard. <laughs> Neurophysiological adaptations to survive being constantly under assault. Um, it's also important to note here uh, that Lisa was later diagnosed with bipolar disorder and that her brain scans, which the court refused to look at, showed signs of se- severe brain damage. Um, the brain damage was not from any physical injury, but from years of abuse and torture. So different parts of her brain were like enlarged and some were shrunken. Like she looked like she had been physically beaten, basically. And it was just from the mental abuse. And there the, yeah. The, yeah, that's fucked. So. And the court wouldn't look at those uh, in this case. So, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> um, fucking stupid, but all right. So I wanted you to know her history, not so you have sympathy for her because her tri- her, tri- her crime is truly horrific. Yeah. But so you can get a better understanding of how unjust the death penalty is in this case. Should she be in prison for the rest of her life? Absolutely. Should, she should be somewhere with a routine, with medication, with education, and with a chance to get better because, quite frankly, her state is not her fault. Uh, personally, I don't think she should die for her crime, though. Um, I don't think she has the mental capacity to be fully aware of what she was doing. Um, so, for an example, the article I read said that it took her a month to learn how to make her bed in prison because her brain is so damaged. That's absolutely heartbreaking. Um, yeah. So, I don't think she deserves a death penalty in this case, but you can tell me what you think when this episode is done. Okay. Uh, so, now we're getting into the crime. 
So, as we know, Lisa had a habit of announcing fake pregnancies, uh, which is really sad. Um, In 2004, she announced yet another pregnancy, claiming to be due in mid-December. Her husband was skeptical of this pregnancy, but Lisa kept stringing him along. Uh, Sorry, just to... uh, This husband is Kyle. This is a good guy. Okay, the good guy. Um, So, she told him that she's pregnant, and he believed her. Um, She claimed to be going to appointments and was actually showing some symptoms, which is a a weird, like, physiological condition where you can, like, talk your body into having pregnancy symptoms. Yeah. Um, But her ex-husband, Carl, told her family that this was impossible because he had her sterilized. Um, Her lie actually pushed him to apply for full custody of their children at this time, which was prior to his arrest. Um, this new custody battle is said to be the straw that broke the camel's back in poor Lisa's case. Her actions started to become more and more erratic. Uh, she was starting to panic knowing she would soon have to produce a real life baby in order to have any luck in this custody battle. Uh, she started some, uh, browsing some online chat rooms looking for an answer. This is where she met a dog breeder named Bobby Joe Stinnett. Bobby Joe was 23 years old, married to a man named Zeb, who was her business partner in the breeding business. Um, unnecessary fact, they bred rat terriers. Uh, oh. Bobby Joe, <laughs> What's that? I said, oh. <laughs> I was hoping for something cooler, but whatever. Um, Bobby Joe was also eight months pregnant with the couple's first child. The two bonded over their pregnancies, although only one of them was actually experiencing anything. After a short while, Lisa asked if she could purchase one of the puppies from the last litter. The two arranged to meet at the Stinnett's home. On December 16th, 2004, Lisa drove out to Bobby Joe's home in Missouri, but she would not leave with a puppy that day. Another graphic warning coming up. Uh, When Lisa arrived, Bobby Joe invited her in, expecting to greet a newfound friend. Instead, Lisa attacked her. She had either brought a rope with her or found one nearby and strangled the expecting mother to death. Um, then maybe cover your ears if you're sensitive. She found a kitchen knife nope. and removed the baby from the womb. Um, what she the fled fuck? the scene. Yeah. Was the baby she alive? The scene. Yes. Oh my God. Baby's okay. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I should say that before people get worried. The baby is okay. She caught um, a baby out and the baby was okay. What the fuck? <laughs> she, she picked. Okay. This sounds bad. She picked the right mother. Like the baby was eight months. Like yeah. it, was, it was essentially fully developed. Like any younger, I think a baby would have not survived that yeah no um, i just mean like she actually cut a baby out without oh she did it, it, and that's like not easy no. like it's not just cutting a tummy like there's like layers and muscle and to dig through yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so she uh, yeah left the scene with the baby in her arms leaving bobby joe in a pool of her own blood uh no more than an hour later bobby joe's mother arrived for a scheduled visit and found her daughter on the floor i cannot imagine how that poor woman must have felt in that moment yeah i I I, yeah i think she's very much a victim in this case as well um so an amber alert was issued despite not knowing who had taken the child and when uh investigators combed through bobby joe's belongings and found her emails with lisa on her computer when they read the various threads of pregnancy chat it clicked they had a sinking feeling they somehow knew that lisa was their suspect um meanwhile lisa had taken the baby who was a girl home she clamped the umbilical cord her oh my god umbilical umbilical cord (laughs) she i don't know how to say that word um she clamped the umbilical cord herself and uh like tidied the baby up she was in good health so she called her husband and announced that she had just given birth at a local clinic and was on her way home you don't Um, wait like (laughs) what that's not how that works not at all um oh i hit the mic there uh and like her husband believed her yeah (laughs) 
I didn't say they were all smart, okay? Holy um, fuck. Her husband and the rest of the family couldn't believe the news. They actually really believed that Lisa had this miracle pregnancy and was bringing home a miracle baby. With, um, even though joy, she never however, had a stomach. She never, like, grew yeah. anything. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. She So apparently she strung them along, like, really well. Uh, they said that she did have some of the pregnancy sy- symptoms. I don't. I didn't look into, like, what symptoms she had, but, like, they said she had them. But, like, I feel like where do you get the ultrasound pictures like you know what i mean like there's so much proof of pregnancy <laughs> it's not like you just go to a clinic and plop at a child and be like hey peace i'm going home like that's not yeah how that there's a works. process that being said my sister was in and out in four hours and i applaud her for that <laughs> i mean true but like i just i i wow okay listen i never said they were smart okay i'm yeah um i'm catching I'm, I'm catching on to that real quick <laughs> um their joy only lasted about 24 hours though because investigators had tracked lisa down to her home yeah shut no first off their joy fuck off you don't get any joy this fucking (laughs) asshole just stole a baby they don't realize though so they they genuinely thought she brought home this like miracle baby so they were they were genuine like the family was happy i don't feel i don't feel any pity for calling them stupid no you don't they're definitely stupid but you you don't can't knock them for feeling joy for their stupidness yes i can yes i can (laughs) i just did she said what she said i can't get over that i cannot i'm so happy my child that was like never fucking pregnant and never had a belly for like nine months randomly comes home with a baby that doesn't even fucking look like her get out of here you don't get any joy asshole listen never said they were smart oh and, and her also, mother was like part like, of this too and your, like her her mom judy was like excited for a grandchild and all of that like and your husband that's been sleeping beside you for the past fucking year he's just a stupid like what the oh yeah f- i can't yeah i cannot Man, handle i never said family. any of them were smart um you but thought you they... thought the murder was gonna get me mad no their joy got me mad. <laughs> i really thought that the 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 whole like i thought the baby out of the womb part would do it for you <laughs> No, it did. I was just shocked, but like this. So yeah, the uh, investigators had arrived on December 17th, thankfully finding the baby unharmed. Lisa was arrested and the baby was returned to Zeb Stinnett, who was Bobby Joe's husband. She was named Victoria Joe Stinnett and celebrated her 16th birthday last month on the anniversary of her mother's death. That's so um, sad. Oh my God. Yeah, because, it's a really... Oh my God. Then her, yeah, because her birthday is technically... Oh my God. Yeah. it's really 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 sad apparently though she's thriving and like um she was preparing to go into college and all of this stuff she's like top of her class and everything so apparently she's doing really really well so there is some good news in this really fucked up story um so lisa was charged with kidnapping resulting in death which is an odd choice but her sentencing sentencing options were life in prison or a death sentence the trial was long and very messy it lasted three years and uh there was several appeals after the death sentence was issued there was a lot of drama on lisa's team her lawyer who had worked like super hard to build trust with lisa it was really hard to get lisa to open up because she was literally she didn't know about the trauma if that makes sense because she had dissociated herself so much from it and then when they finally get got her to start talking about it she talked about it as if it was like present time okay if that makes sense so she wouldn't say like he used to do this she'd be like he does he's doing this right now yeah thing um 
So she worked really hard to get Lisa to open up, and she was actually removed from the case for some stupid reason. It was something uh, – the judge said she, like, brought negative attention because of other high-profile cases she worked. Um, so this lawyer did a lot – She, I believe she did, like, a, like a domestic terrorist case and stuff like that. So she mm-hmm. had some, like, sketchy clients, but she was a really good defense lawyer. Okay. So unfortunately, she was fired. Um and the the rest of the team just kind of crumbled after that because Lisa just like it just broke her spirit and she didn't want to connect with anybody else. Um, so her defense relied heavily on the permanent brain damage and mental illnesses that Lisa suffered. Uh, and the uh, they begged the court to see that Lisa was not of sound mind and to have some sympathy in her sentencing. Um, they weren't asking for innocence by any means. They just wanted her to get life in prison without parole. Um, on October 22nd, 2007, the jurors found Lisa Montgomery guilty and threw out the defense's claims entirely. Um, on October 26th, the jury, the jury recommended the death sentence and the judge agreed. She was sentenced to death and sent to death row to await her fate. There she sat for nearly 14 years until her execution date was announced. Um, so I didn't know this. But apparently the U.S. has stopped doing federal executions yeah. for like 20 years until <laughs> until Trump became president. Oh, stop. Naturally, really? Yeah. Naturally, he reinstated them. And since then, there has been 10 under uh, 10. Wow. 10 executions under his regime, which, according to uh, Business Insider, is more than any president in the last decade combined or the last, I think, five decades, they said combined. That doesn't fucking surprise me. So he's already killed more people than the last, like, 10 presidents or however many. I'm also going to put everyone who died of COVID in the States on his belt, too. So, yeah, I agree with that one. Amazing. You are sassy tonight. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That was a really good one. Um so yeah, he uh, when he reinstated executions, Lisa Montgomery was given her date, which was originally set for December 2020. In some twist of 2020 fate, her entire legal team got COVID after visiting her in prison and were granted more time to file clemency. Um, this this story uh, about her uh, her date being moved is what sparked the online rage. Um, so people started like petitions and begging their their local members of parliament or whatever they're called in the states to help her get clemency, um, which is actually how I found out about this case was like a viral tweet. So thank you, Twitter. Um, at this point in time, she has exhausted all of her appeals. Her only hope is if someone gets Trump to pardon her. Uh, a petition is allegedly going to be delivered to him within the next few days um, if it made it to him. I don't fucking know what happened after that. He's hiding in his um, bunker. I don't think he's going to answer. Literally. I don't think he got the letter, unfortunately. Um, it's a really sw- weird situation because when Biden takes over, he swore to end the federal death penalty, but he doesn't take office till the 20th. So she's in this weird, like, limbo. Like, yeah. it, it, they're probably going to go ahead with it, I'm guessing. Um, as much as I don't want to see it in this yeah. case. Um, if nothing's been announced by the time we record this, which we are doing right now, I'm just going to assume it's too late. Um her crime was horrific do not get me wrong um i can't imagine the amount of pain bobby joe's family went through um it's it probably left like a lasting impact on the the living family members and the baby like there's there's that's got to fuck up the baby in some way so don't get me wrong awful disgusting wrong terrible i still don't feel like the death sentence is justice in this case though it just leaves a sour taste in my mouth yeah um so just just to add to that, in prison, uh, Lisa is on a strict medication program and sees several therapists and doctors. Um, they're all very impressed with her progress. 
especially in the last few weeks leading up to her execution. Um, I just think that she's a type of person that deserves to be rehabilitated the way the system was intended to. Yeah. Um, I don't think so she should ever at- get out. No, definitely but not. I, definitely not. But her background and her circumstances, like the way she has mentally developed, I don't think the death penalty. The death sentence is yeah. just, it's not, not right to me. Like, I don't think she was, what's like mentally responsible if that makes sense like she wasn't in her body if that makes sense you know what i mean like um so i don't know i do think she's guilty i do think she deserves punishment i just the death sentence doesn't feel like justice to me at all it's so back and forth with the death penalty and that's the thing and i don't like getting into arguments with people because both sides have its opinions and reasons and i see both sides all the time so it's hard to be like this it's like a strict yes or no because every case is different every case is different and i think they need to do a better job at differentiating between who does and does not deserve a death penalty because you can't just blanket sentence death like that death is like not a light punishment i don't know if anybody knows that exactly like you can't say um i don't know someone who for 20 years lured children to his home and drowned them in his basement is the same as someone who is horrifically abused to the point of brain damage you can't say they're the same criminal exactly and also it's like even correct me if i'm wrong but like the the manson murders and how they killed um sharon tate yes and like they also killed the baby but none of i don't think any of those guys got death sentences the death penalty no i don't think they did Mm -hmm. I don't think so. They're never getting out, though. No, and that's that's the thing. I don't think they should, obviously. Yeah. But it's, like, the same kind of situation. It's, like, I don't I don't know. The, so, I think my opinion on the death sentence is as much as some criminals I would like to see dead, I think they should just abolish it as a whole because it's too hard to decide who deserves it. Yeah. Therefore, just life in prison for everybody. Yeah. You know? It's true. Like, it's... it's and it it takes away from the people who do deserve the death pe- sentence. Um, like it it, you know, someone who has you know raped and murdered several children. I would love to see them die. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but like you can't do that when there's people like Lisa and there's there's several other people in her situation yeah. where they can't be like found fully responsible for their crimes in that weird way and the one argument that i see a lot of people have it's like well the prison system is like overrun and they don't have enough room okay number one it takes like look how many years she's been on in jail for and how long it's taken for her to get put on like to get to the end of her death row yeah it's been like 14 15 choosing or seven years and then 14 years right something like that yeah, so she was she was held for her whole trial, and that was, like, three years. So she was, like, arrested in 2004, sentenced in 2007, and then got her date in 2019, I think. Yeah, exactly. So it took that long. But then also, hey, I don't know, don't arrest people for fucking selling weed. And then you won't yeah. have a lot of fucking... You'll have plenty Absolutely. of fucking space. No, that's it in a nutshell, is the petty crimes. Yeah. Is, like, it was, I was talking about this the other day with Carl, is, like, so, by law selling drugs is wrong yes sure they they should pay a fine maybe serve a couple months as you repeat maybe add more how the fuck are people getting life sentences for selling goddamn weed i have no idea like <laughs> and also it like, makes like no sense to me like the the level of punishment is just it's baffling to me like those are the people that deserve a slap on a wrist not the pedophiles like, but also like i i like i like i understand like 
I don't understand getting arrested for weed at all, to be honest. Like, no, I don't think it's, it's more like it's cocaine. Just, like, how about you just yeah, not sell absolutely. cocaine? But if, for me, it's just the fact that it, it is against the law technically mm. therefore you should not do it not in canada even if it, if even if they think it's yeah well i mean you can't sell it but like i'm high right now oh my god <laughs> <laughs> no i'm not i was but i'm not <laughs> um but i don't know it's the the way they so like my example i gave was you know people are in prison forever for the rest of their lives for selling weed but brock turner got out in three months it's because he's white holly yes absolutely so the the prison system is inherently racist. Yeah. And it it perpetuates the cycle of of poverty and crime. We're going to get on a whole fucking tangent here. I hate the prison system. I hate the I justice do. system. I really do. Prison system. Sism. <laughs> I hate any system. So my my boyfriend and I often argue about politics because I I guess I lean liberal even though I don't particularly like politics in general i like to call myself an anarchist i'm saying burn the whole shit down and like let's just all like let's do a redo be nudists and like hold hands and like flower crowns i want no system no nothing like (laughs) that's that's my view politics yeah yeah we're great at politics over here we just fucking hate all of it i just don't trust anyone you know like i don't you could be the best politician ever kiss all the babies do all the right things and i'm still not gonna trust you because you're a politic <laughs> yeah that's it i just know at the end of the day you just want to make three hundred thousand dollars a year you don't care about us no, like not one bit also speaking of money did you see that elon musk um is now the richest person in the world fuck them all literally literally maybe for like some sugar daddy money um no yeah let's just... i think that's so gross he he tweeted something i don't even follow him i don't know how it ended up on my feed but he's like um i'm looking for for better ways to donate my money so that it goes further and helps more people it's way harder than you think sir give me a hundred thousand dollars you will change my life forever yeah it's, it's that w- simple way harder than you think get the fuck go, out of here go drive down to some poor neighborhood near you knock on the door and give each of them a check for a million dollars that's how you make your money go far like yeah man like fucking rich white people I told yeah you. i i don't know the older i get the more bitter i get about the world because i'm starting to realize how it works yeah someone told me like not directly but they um they said that people get mad at rich people because they're jealous and that they're mad like i'm mad because i haven't succeeded the way this person has and i'm like um so no no first <laughs> off that's not how that works i am not mad that you have money i'm mad at the fact that i pay more taxes than you you fucking asshole mm-hmm. <laughs> so i would say that when i'm when i was younger uh it was jealousy for mm-hmm. sure i would love to have a room full of chanel bags hell yeah but now it's more like i see all the shit in the world and i just don't think there should be a cap as to how much money a singular person is able to make because like i do believe that they worked hard and you know they created these companies etc etc sure by all means they earned some of their money you're right kylie jenner works so fucking hard (laughs) just drag me (laughs) (laughs) but there has to be a cap like there's no way that people are multi-billionaires and there's people who don't have roofs over their head who can't feed their kids today who who work for these fucking companies who work for these companies that are making billions of dollars god 
damn it. <laughs> it just pisses me off. Like, there should be a cap on how much money an individual can make. I agree. That's that's my stance. I'm going to be president of the world, and that's going to be the first law I make. If you have more than $10 million in your bank account, I'm taking it, and I'm fucking just throwing it in the sky. And whoever catches it, catches Catches it. it. (laughs) I'm down for that. Let's do that. Well, this fucking spiraled. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. I just had to bring that out because I was like, what the actual fuck? Uh, I hate... Yeah. I love the, the, the... trend going around on twitter hashtag eat the rich yeah i like that i want to get that tattooed on me oh man i'm sorry my dog's hat i don't know if you guys hear my dog's just like i'm gonna eat dinner right this second and she does this thing where she picks all of her kibble up and throws it on the floor and then chases it and then eats it oh my god rupert does that she was just he doesn't chase it but he makes little piles for himself yeah and then he eats the last bit from the bowl and then goes back and eats all the piles he left for himself why are they like that what the fuck kylo just thinks it's a fun game and she'll only eat if she does that she has to be sometimes he moves sometimes he moves it to like eat with us like if we're all in the tv room he'll like make a pile on his bed so we've just started bringing his bowl in while we're eating dinner and stuff so he's eating with us yeah but if we're not eating and he's eating like breakfast or something he just fucking scatters it everywhere and then goes back and picks it all up like 10 minutes later i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you kylo at one point was like bringing like taking a like a bite of her food and bringing it up on the couch and eating it there but then she'd miss pieces so i'd be finding kibble inside the couch oh the worst and it's like girl what do you but now she's like walking around playing with her ball and having the time of her life so apparently if it's like a like an everyday occurrence and they don't seem stressed or anything it's just that they're just like being weird i think my dog's just because i looked into it because i was like does he not like his food does he not like his bowl is something wrong and if he's it basically said if he's not like growling or like depressed looking or anything then he's just a fucking loser (laughs) (laughs) you're like okay (laughs) this explains so much it's the worst every so often you like walk fucking through the kitchen and you step on a kibble and you're like it's like stepping on lego it hurts so bad (laughs) it hurts so bad (laughs) the middle of the night you go downstairs to get a snack and just damn it rupert (laughs) (laughs) that's definitely it okay so we got really sidetracked yeah we got yeah we got hella sidetracked this was a ranty episode it was we're just we're just really mad okay you guys and i hope this doubles as a therapy session yeah What did I say last time? We're back bitches. So here you go. Yeah, we are back bitches. So today I thought I would talk about the curse of Julia Brown or the said curse of Julia Brown. Um, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's she's kind of a badass. So (laughs) (laughs) it said she was a voodoo priestess and her story. Oh, I already like it. Right. um, Is very well known in Louisiana. Um, It said that she. Oh, I do know her. I think they. I think they covered her in American Horror Story. I think. Did they? I think so. Okay. I think they used her as, like, inspiration. Oh, fuck, Rob. I haven't seen any of the American Horror Story, so I wouldn't be surprised. Like, yeah. I, haven't, I haven't caught up yet. That's what I mean. Uh, it got really shitty for a while, but the last season was really good. Yeah, I'm still on so Asylum. I know it, that one was really bad. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's said that she cursed the town of Freener um, at her death, but I'm going to get into that a bit later. So now Julia Brown's story is a legend. However, there is a census record stating that there was a Julia Brown and it lines up with this legend. So there was a Julia Brown that did exist. Um, Now I'm going to say what the census states and then kind of go into what her legend story is. 
So Julia was born Julia Bernard in 1845 in Louisiana. She married a guy named Celestin Brown in 1880. Um, Julia and her husband were given almost 40 acres of land by the federal government to start wow. like, yeah, to start like farming in uh, Freener, Louisiana. So I guess like they just wanted people to live there. So they're like, how do I get someone to give me 40 acres of land? Fuck, right. You had to live in the 1800s, apparently. I think they, I think that's what they did is they just wanted people to like move into these small communities. So they give you land to start like building these. It's like those posts you see on Facebook, this small Italy town will give you $250,000 to live there. Yeah. Have you ever seen those? Yeah. I'll sign up. I'll do it. Fuck it. Um, so Julia's husband actually ended up passing away in 1914. So the land would have like been left to her because it, it was in his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's said that Julia was a healer for the town, meaning that she cared and helped for the sick community members by usually by using like natural remedies and herbs. She also helped as like a midwife and would perform rituals to help with childbirth, fight illnesses, etc. She sounds like a badass woman, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, I want her to be my mom. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so now the community was said to actually like fear her. Um, so they would only go to her to like be healed and like the rest of the time they just ignore her very fucking thoughtful Aww. like right that's such so rude like this woman is here helping she you give birth away. yeah fuck that um but they also like were terrified of her because her rituals and like her healing magic like actually worked so they like were like oh my god this she's she could harm us but like we'll just keep using her because... but we'll just be assholes to her anyway. yeah yeah <laughs> So people believed she was more than a healer and was actually into voodoo and dark magic. So the town kind of, as I said, turned on her a bit. Um, So Julia would sit on her porch and sing predictions. Now, aside from, yeah, so aside from being this queen voodoo priestess and healer, she could also predict things. Um, She would usually write um, songs of her predictions and sing them on her porch, which apparently scared the locals. Um, Now, one of her lyrics seemed to alarm people and it read and it read and i quote one day i'm going to die and take the whole town with me oh i would too if they treated it's me my like favorite shit. song right, right? <laughs> i'm gonna go out on my fucking porch and start singing that and hope maybe my neighbors will fuck I off i was gonna say i'm surprised you don't already <laughs> it's like that's danielle after yeah. a few too many glasses <laughs> you guys like fuck you all <laughs> i need to like move away from this neighborhood you guys have no idea how crazy some people are my na- like I don't think people want my neighbor like literally next door thought my thermometer was my camera and accused me of putting my camera on like my garage and I'm like that's a thermometer you dumbass. <laughs> no, she lives in a wacky neighborhood. Yeah. Every day she tells me something new and I'm like god, we just need to pool together and buy 40 acres of land somewhere and just have you seen the best friend house where there's like a tunnel between the two oh my houses? God, yes. That's the goal. That's what we that need. That is the goal. And but it's a farm home. Because then we get our alone time when like I don't want to deal with you or like maybe you want to hang out with our significant others. But then like I could just crawl through my tunnel to go hang out with yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, it's perfect. Can we have a bigger tunnel so we can just walk? I don't want to crawl. <laughs> <laughs> sure, just for you. Perfect. Thank you. I mean, you. alternatively, we could just like you know walk out the front door like normal. <laughs> no, fuck that. This is cooler. It's we'll like decorate those, the tunnel. It's It'll like be a theme tunnel. Did you ever go to the McDonald's? Like they had like the play places. And yeah. They had those little tunnels. <laughs> We'll make the tunnel like a play place. So you got to climb the ladder on one side and then the other side will be like a slide. Oh my God, that's perfect. Someone's going to get hurt and it's going to be both. We're of us. actual adults. Yeah. <laughs> that's all that matters, you guys. <laughs> um, so unfortunately, Julia Brown passed away on September 28th, 1915. So only like a year after her husband passed away. 
Aww. Yeah. So now the locals attended her funeral because either they were terrified of her or they felt bad for how they treated her. Um, but a lot of people did attend. So the night she passed away, it did start raining. So remember her her lyric, as I said, and I quote, one day I'm going to die and take the whole town with me. Mm-hmm. This comes into play. <laughs> so the next day on September 29th, a Category 4 hurricane hit Louisiana. This hit <laughs> during Julia's funeral. This hurt. I shouldn't laugh, but wow! Right, this this girl has style. Oh my god, my <laughs> my! I don't know if you heard that. My dog's fucking pulling her toy bin across the floor. <laughs> is that what that was? Yeah, <laughs> not the toys, just the bin. Just the bin. I don't want the toys. I want the bin. Um. So this hurricane was absolutely just um like destroyed everything in its path. Um. So it did a lot of damage. This hurricane hit uh, Freener, Rudock and napton which are the like the two towns surrounding freener these towns didn't have any roads electricity and they heavily relied on the railroad so the hurricane had winds up to 130 miles per hour which threw up mostly all of the railroad tracks so it's completely destroyed um it destroyed many homes and buildings which cost 13 million dollars in damage almost back then too eh? Mm -hmm. Almost 300 people were killed during this hurricane. Wow. Yeah. 25 residents of Freener tried to hide in the railroad depot during the hurricane, but it collapsed, killing them all, which is really sad. Yeah. And remember, this all happened during her funeral. So, like, totally not as extreme of a level, but um, growing up, I had, we called him my second dad. His name was Scott. Uh, my mom friend patty husband mm-hmm. uh he passed away when i was like 10 or 11 and we had like a, a huge fu- uh, funeral for him in a church and i was playing with the kids in the basement so all of the children were in the basement of the church and i guess uh someone had pulled like the fire alarm and like the sprinklers were going off and everything and they tried to blame uh the son because the son was like a fuck ass like he was a troublemaker okay but i was like no i was with him like he didn't <laughs> do it i was with him so we all joked that that was like scott being a fuck ass for the last time and like he, and he set off it. the fire alarm as like his fi- final farewell it's like not as extreme but like same vibes kind of he just wants you to know that he's there and he's like i'm gonna mess with somebody yeah because he was oh. he was like a jokester like he was like my dad yeah like they went on couple dates together and stuff it was like how we are together the four of us yeah that was them that that's fucking adorable and i love that yeah here for i thought it. it was funny yeah um so there was no way to like warn these little towns in time of this hurricane because like how do you contact towns with no electricity i mean it would have taken them days to get there and they're not gonna do that in a hurricane (laughs) um so now people say this hurricane was caused by julia brown that in her death she cursed the town and if she did she did a pretty damn good fucking job considering the town was completely destroyed and killed almost everybody i'm pretty sure there was like two or three residents that didn't die that's it yeah Oh, wow yeah at she that did time. take the whole town with her yeah eh? she was like i'm gone you are all fucking gone too um she's like i healed you for this time now you're dead bye <laughs> others say she was actually trying to protect the town and to warn residents of the storm so some people have different opinions so so like it was kind of like a, if you could interpret this song yeah kind of thing then you survive and yeah. just no one got it <laughs> yeah and everyone was just like we'll just go to her funeral anyways because maybe if we go she won't kill us <laughs> Oh. Yeah. So now today the town of Freener is extremely small, just like a tiny fishing village, and it's still like very isolated. 
The town never really got back on its feet from the hurricane, so it's literally just like a handful of people that are left. Uh, some people believe Julia's spirit haunts Freener, and there is a mass grave in Freener Cemetery for those who died during the hurricane, and people have reported hearing um, a voice singing her prediction song that she sang before her death. Ooh. Yeah, so if you go to the cemetery, apparently that's what you hear. It's so fucking creepy. Um, so this mass grave is on an island part of Freener, so it's all very, like, it's Louisiana, so it's all swamp. It's yeah it's kind of like that uh that strip in florida where there's like water all around it but it's not technically an island (laughs) yeah exactly there's like a lot of crocodiles and a lot of shit that can fucking eat you and a lot of bugs but yeah so um it's very this cemetery apparently is difficult to get to but they do have boat tours and they will take you there Ooh, so i've always wanted to go to louisiana so have i i want to go so bad that'll be the first place we go because uh carl and i were gonna go somewhere this year and that was on our list louisiana Mm -hmm. so i feel like the first place we travel one should be spooky and two should be louisiana i agree (laughs) because their food is absolutely amazing although we'll see what happens in the states over the next little while before we make that commitment (laughs) we might not want to go down there for a bit might be like just skip right over to mexico (laughs) a little bit too scary for us um so yeah it's a little short one today so that's the legend of julia brown um, I think that you should do more Louisiana cases, though. I love the whole voodoo witch vibe. Fu- same here. I fucking love it. I'm, I'm making a request, an official one. Perfect. I'm writing it down. No, I'm not. I'll try to remember <laughs> it. <laughs> and just so, like, a, a note, like, voodoo is, like, extremely misunderstood. So people who practice voodoo mainly are, like, healers. So they're not, like, summoning mm-hmm. demons. They're not sticking pins into fucking dolls. And they're not doing dark magic. They're, like... Yeah it's amazing like there's there's a difference so there's like the the healers but then there's also i think they just call it black magic yeah where it's it's the the voodoo uh god i don't know my terminology but let's say rituals but it's the intention behind it that's what makes it black magic. spiritual yeah yeah i like it i love like learning about that the one american horror story season um i think it was coven Mm -hmm. where they were in in louisiana Mm -hmm. that was that part of it was like the only part i enjoyed <laughs> just the the whole i just love it i don't know i would love to go one day yeah that's it it's on our bucket list <laughs> and we're gonna go we've said it now and we're gonna hold ourselves we're gonna to take it. this fucking boat tour for yeah. sure it's fucking awesome and like i've always wanted to go there like super swampy areas are just it's so fucking fascinating to me yeah and apparently it's like one of the most uh haunted places to go because of the, the like the voodoo history and yeah. all of that and uh i could be wrong but i think it has something to do with like the civil war and all that as well um but apparently it's like one of the most haunted places like the whole state as a whole whole. specifically new orleans yeah (laughs) new orleans how do you say that it's not new orleans i know that (laughs) is it just like new orleans i don't know they say it with a drawl so that was me uh overacting i guess um but yeah they also have some of the best seafood i would love to yeah for that reason too and apparently the best like people too like just the most like yeah um so i as much as we make fun of the southern states particularly in florida i went to florida a few years ago maybe it's because i was in fort lauderdale and they were all canadians but like some of the nicest fucking people all the snowbirds no matter where you go it's like good morning have a blessed day atlanta was like that too everyone said have a blessed day in atlanta i love that (laughs) so the good people in the southern states are really good oh gosh yeah (laughs) and we just we just like to crack jokes that's all yeah we're just assholes you guys should know that by now i mean you want to hang out with us assholes yeah canadians are no better like let's be 
No, we're really not. Uh, the what you posted earlier about the uh, the fisherman thing. Yeah, very true. And that didn't get nearly as much press attention as this. No. For the record, a bunch of white fishermen in New Nova- Brunswick or Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. Um, so there's like a, a treaty where the natives on that land can fish for sustenance, but the uh like the, and out the of white season. fisheries and they can do it out of and out season. of season yeah because it's it's like their their hunting right or whatever yep um and the for lack of a better term the white fisheries were like this is bullshit what can i fish too and it's like because you can't <laughs> we said so yeah. like that's like so they would like burn the uh the indigenous people's uh like property their boats. they would lay out spikes on the road yep. so that they would damage their truck tires i believe they burned down a fishery they did um they did and in a weird twist of fate i believe it ended up being owned by a white person yeah um it was yeah it just had primarily uh indigenous workers um so yeah we're we're fucked up too we're just not as loud about it (laughs) and our rcmp who are supposed to be like what would they be in comparison to um like like the f uh like the fbi kind of yeah they don't just ride horses apparently they do shit but they don't yeah. actually fucking do shit because they did jack shit with that. They didn't do didn't anything. Do anything. Yeah. They just turned turn their shoulder. Like the, eh. the one video that really boiled my blood is where the uh, the one officer was tr- okay. I get he was trying to calm the crowd, but he's like, I understand. I sympathize. I I know why you're upset. Like what the fuck? Like, like <laughs> what? That's not your job to say I sympathize with you. Your job is to say get the fuck out of here. Yeah, like, exactly. Get a fucking backbone. <laughs> God, this is just a raging episode. Yeah. <laughs> My dog just threw her ball down the stairs. Is that what that Yeah. She's so funny. This episode is just going to be... Panda came in like three times and I just ignored her because I don't want to do yeah. her. And Kyla's just like, I'm going to fucking destroy the house. Hello. But yeah. I'm just glad she didn't cry at me because sometimes when you don't pay attention to her, she's like... Eh. Yeah, I feel that, Panda. I'm, I'm the same person. I do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you um, want to come like rage with us about politics and how stupid are fucking justicisms... <laughs> I'm so mad at you. Just let it all out with us. Yeah, just, just get it all out. Yeah, you can uh, find us on Instagram. It's a Spooky Hour podcast. You can find us, oh Holly, on Twitter at Spooky Hour. <laughs> I'm not going near Twitter at any time soon. <laughs> Twitter's Twitter's uh, hard for the opposite reason now. So when we first started, it was hard because I didn't know how to like uh grow it like garner followers and stuff but now it's hard because every time i look at it it says 20 plus notifications yeah. and like i don't know what to do <laughs> and it, the, it's like that and then all of trump's bullshit and that's all there is yeah so and oh and but you can still hang out with us yeah <laughs> and then we also have a gmail it's the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com you can write in any of your spooky tales that you want featured on our spooky tales episode if you have any yes, funny scary do. murdery stories that you wish to share Please let us know or just come hang out with us. Alien encounters too. I've, we've had, a, I think, just one alien encounter. Was mm-hmm. it just the one? Just the one so far. And it was a good one. So I'd like more of those. Yeah. But yeah, send them to us. And yeah, um, try to, I don't know what I was going to say there. I was stay say, try safe. To have fun. Stay <laughs> sane. <laughs> stay safe. Stay sane. Don't, uh, you know, put down your phone for a little bit if the news is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And stay spooky, I guess. Stay spooky. The spookiest you can be spooky. <laughs> 